Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, what's up, everybody? Episode 194. Can you believe it? We have made it to Super Bowl 58, just moments uh, away, depending on when you're listening to this. But this is the big Super Bowl, end of the year, end of the NFL season, big soiree that we have planned for you today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for downloading, liking, subscribing, favoriting, commenting, all that great stuff to this podcast. Do so appreciate it, everybody. This is episode 194. We are previewing Super Bowl 58 here, although I will say I had a big thing. I had a big plan, was going to do a lot of It's just me. Solo again. In this episode, sorry to disappoint. I do have guests lined up for the future, but not on this episode, unfortunately. Uh, more on that in just a minute. If you're wondering who the hell I am and why you stumbled across this podcast, I do appreciate you doing so. My name is Jeff Mans. You hear me weekday afternoons on a, a show called Elite Sports. It's on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio Channel 87 on your Sirius XM dial. 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern for now. Uh-oh, what does that mean? What did Jeff just say? Is something different? Is he leaving? Is the is the show moving times? Stay tuned. That's all I'm going to say about that. 3 to 5 Eastern, at least for the time being. And also, uh, you will find me. Uh, I host the, the uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Football pregame show during the regular season. That, that show is on hiatus right now. I'm part owner and chief content officer over at FantasyGuru.com. Basically, the guy that you can blame for everything. Anything and everything. Just blame me. Uh, speaking of FantasyGuru.com, our 2024 Super Bowl guide is available now it's 19.99 it's 20 bucks dude if you don't have 20 bucks to uh scrounge around i don't know what you're doing but it's not just the super bowl betting guide it's the dfs it's all of our bets that's sides totals props parlays pools my ultimate pool sheet that you could print out and pretend is your own for your super bowl parties itself all of that is there it includes all things futures Free agency, remember free agency starting in just a couple of weeks, NFL Combine, all the offseason package. The offseason is a $30 package. We call it franchise mode. All right, that's a $30 package by itself. The betting guide is usually $30. This is $60 per 20, 1999, less than 20. All right, and you, this will take you all the way up to June. If you are a current member over at fantasyguru.com, you're not eight. This is an extra thing, unfortunately. If you're VIP Platinum, of course, it's all included. If you're an all-in subscriber, it's all included. But if you're just a basic draft guide member, you're going to have to add this on. This is your golden opportunity to do so at a very, 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 very cheap rate there as well. All the uh, postseason trackers, free agency tracker, salary cap tracker, all of the instant reactions to free agency, the post-June 1 designated releases. Uh, I mentioned the combine, the salary cap, all NFL draft prospect reports, mock drafts, dynasty rankings, dynasty breakdowns, all of our shows and programming for the NFL draft. I've already told you I'm going to be doing special shows based on the draft. Uh, it's all there, and it's all in that 1999 price. So, Get it. I don't know what else to tell you. Just go out there and get it. Follow me on social media at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Blue Sky, and on Threads is another one that we use. All right. This one's going to be all about Super Bowl. It's all going to be about football. I will say uh, you may wonder, why did you say? You said you may have a guest and all that. I, I was going to do a big guest show. I will be frank with everybody. I wanted to have Ray, Ted, Phil, and Sandra on this episode. I really did. However, I we couldn't get our schedules to align, and I'm in the threshold of hell right now. I am, for any husband er, and father that knows this, I am on wife is sick duty. Wife has been sick the last couple of days, and I am just burned out. I cannot keep up. I cannot do all anything that she does it's just too much work it is just been a and this is an uncensored podcast 
So the dirty words will be dispelled. I'm about to drop one right now. I'm also, I will talk about all your favorite political candidates and your religion and all that bullshit too, because uh, I don't give a fuck, quite honestly, but I'm fucking exhausted. That's what I want to say. Uh, I mean, it's been two days and I'm like exhausted. You know, laundry, cooking, cleaning, traveling, transporting, keeping up with the kids, even though my kids are older. Like, I don't have the bandwidth. I'm not capable. And so I'm burnt out. So it was tough getting the schedule, all the schedules to align. So you're, you've are you got me, but unfortunately, I've got a lot of information. We will get the whole gang on very shortly. I'm also going to do some uh, – I want to get Justin Fensterman back on. He, our DFS NBA expert not just dfs just nba expert over at fantasyguru.com talk some nba uh i really shit the bed early on with my nba bets was down about five units but creeping up up three units over the last few days and feel like i finally hit my stride on that so again get over that's why you got to get vip platinum at fantasy guru you know bm 40 40 off that that entire package support at fantasyguru.com ted will hook you up just get everything so that way you don't have to add and piece together every fucking thing. It's just one nice little package. You know, it's the largest active community in fantasy sports. And by the way, I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but a lot of fantasy companies shutting down these days. A lot of them. Uh, there's so many good people out of work right now, friends and former colleagues. And it's sad to see. It's sad to watch. It's a big bummer. And, uh, you know, we're going to hope to do all that we can to get people, yeah, maybe help people get here at Fantasy Guru or other jobs throughout. But it's an industry that's in a downturn right now. And, you know, there's a lot. I've got plenty of opinions on that and why that is happening. But I don't think it's for this episode in particular. But um, we're good to go. And, uh, you know, you want to be part of what we got growing over at FantasyGuru.com. So, the Super Bowl preview, the 49ers and Chiefs make it. Talked about a little bit on the last episode. I'll dive definitely into it big time here. I mean, what angle should we cover? Right. I think there's some very interesting things about this Super Bowl. Obviously, it's a rematch from a, a few years ago when the Chiefs beat the 49ers in Super Bowl 54, 31 to 20. Um, you know, that was a game, if you pay close attention, that was a game that the 49ers had in hand, right? It was six minutes to go in that game, and the 49ers were up 10 points, and they lost by 11. It was just bing, boom, bang. Kelsey touched on Damian Williams, a couple of touchdowns, and that fucking game was over. And the 49ers had controlled it all the way through, and the Chiefs just came storming back, right? And that was a much better 49ers defense than the one that's going to Las Vegas for Super Bowl 58. So it's a rematch of sorts there. Same coaches, different quarterback for San Francisco, Brock Purdy. Uh, I've talked about on the XM show a bunch this week. You know, Ted and I talked about where they were drafted. Do you need a first-round draft pick in order to get to the Super Bowl? You know, that's a it's a billion dollar question. I don't think so. Obviously, you don't because Brock Purdy got there. But you do have to hit on some draft picks. The thing, and I've pointed this out as well, 49ers haven't hit on shit. They've had some of the worst fucking draft picks in the history of mankind. Like literally dog shit. They could have had Patrick Mahomes in 2017. They didn't fucking take him. You know, they get a big fucking beat their chest because they didn't make that trade for uh, Mitch Trubisky, but I'll tell you, Mitch Trubisky's a hell of a lot better of a player than fucking, he made a Pro Bowl. What did Solomon Thomas do? Solomon Thomas is dog shit. That's, that's who the 49ers got. Yay. Fucking just a terrible fucking pick in that draft, right? And fuck, you know, it's just fascinates me. They Fuck, I mean, the funniest part about the 2017 draft also, is the 49ers passed on Christian McCaffrey? We forget that. They passed on Mahomes. They passed on Watson. They passed on Christian McCaffrey. Right? Who they then gave up more trade equity for. It is breathtaking how fucking lucky 
the 49ers have got. And they got that way by drafting late round draft picks, doing very, very, very well in the later rounds. Right? That's what happened. I mean, nothing else. You know, there's just nothing else that um, stands out to you because they've whiffed on their early round draft picks. Trey Lance, Solomon Thomas, fucking dog shit. They traded uh, trade uh, Cavill's second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo, which turned out to be a brilliant. That was a good move, right? That one was good. But you look at, I don't know, Drake Jackson, their second rounder from a year ago. Fucking you know, Jair Brown is okay. Jake Moody, eh, that's their kicker this year, but you know nobody really popped from this draft class. Nobody popped from last year's draft class other than Purdy, who they drafted last pick of the entire thing. Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, Ambry Thomas is a starter. That, I mean, Demondre Lenore, their entire secondary is drafted in the 2021 third and fifth round for Christ's sakes. Fucking crazy. It's just, it's wild. Nick Bosa was a great pick. Debo Samuel, second round, great pick. Those are the only first rounders that they've really hit on. Javon Kinlaw is okay. He's good. Ayuk in the first 2020, it was solid. That's been a good pick. But yeah, the rest of it, McGlinchey's not even on the team anymore. Fred Warner in the third, that what a great. George Kittle in the fifth is amazing. You guys heard me talk about the C.J. Beathard thing. They went to scout C.J. Beathard. They took him in the third round, then took Kittle in the fifth because he was Beathard's teammate at Iowa. That's the only reason Kittle even went in that draft. Or I, not the only reason he got drafted. The only reason he went to San Francisco is they fell in love with him there. And then they, when Beathard signed in Jacksonville, they got a compensatory pick, which just so happened to be the final pick in the 2022 draft. Turned out that was Brock Purdy. A lot of mistakes. Including at quarterback, they've been they've been terrible at quarterback, but they built they have a great coach with very good infrastructure and, and offensive line and blocking, and they hit on their defensive players in the mid to late rounds, even the offensive players, and that's why they're here in the Super Bowl. So, you know, you, you look at how they're built. I don't think you need unbelievable quarterback. You don't need, you need good quarterback play, but you don't have to draft a great quarterback in the first round. They're available. Other Jalen Hurts last year is a second round pick. Purdy this year's a seventh round pick. You know, of all the 19 of the 34 quarterbacks, different Super Bowl winning quarterbacks have been a first round pick. You know, so a little more than half, but that's because more than half have gotten there that have been first round picks. You know, so I don't, you build a good team and guys like Jalen Hurts, guys like Brock Purdy, Tom Brady, of course, is the standard. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson won a Super Bowl. You know, um, Colin Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl. Now, there's a lot of good, good players that got to and won Super Bowls that weren't first round picks. You know, and so I don't think it's the necessary thing to do. First round means you got the first dibs that nobody else can get them from you. But fucking Patrick Mahomes, greatest quarterback of our generation, maybe second if you're older, like me, maybe Brady would be, or maybe Peyton Manning would be. But however you view him, he was the 10th pick overall. Everybody had a chance. Everybody. Everybody had a chance at him. No matter what anybody claims. Sean Payton loves to say, oh, we, we were going to draft him, but, uh, you know, they, they jumped ahead of us to take. Well, fuck it. You still had a chance. Fuck off. Like, like No, fuck it. Look at what they don't believe any of that bullshit. Any of that bullshit. Because if you really wanted Patrick Mahomes, you could have jumped easily to any of those teams. Right? Any of them. The Bears jumped up, took Trubisky. That's who they wanted. Right. Houston waited, got to Sean Watson, which I don't think is a bad move. But again, you know, don't don't believe what these people say. The fucking Saints. Saints because they were right behind Kansas City. 
they think, oh, yeah, we're going to take them. You're fucking taking them. Bull fucking shit. Anyway, um, so, yeah, so that's the Super Bowl 58 uh, preview. Uh, I'm going to dive into a lot. I, I got a lot of thoughts on this particular one. For one, like on the betting side of things, I think that's the most fascinating thing. I want to help you guys win bets and I want to help you win your, your uh, contest pools and everything like that. So in that mindset, you know, for, for a couple of things for me, let's go historically. I like to talk about my history. I like to talk about why this is the biggest sporting day of the year. We all have favorites. Some of you like the Masters and the World Series is awesome. NBA Finals is cool. March Madness is a blast. But there's just this, you, you don't realize how massive the Super Bowl is and just the football audience until you measure it against other things, right? Like people watch the Masters. It's a huge win. People watch... Uh, World Series and, and and all kinds of that stuff, but the Super Bowl is the biggest television event there is. You know what I mean? It's I I don't know how else to explain it. It just, it quadruples any other audience of the year for any other event, right? Live golf, <laughs> Grammys, fuck, like none of this compares to what the Super Bowl is. So you try to make the most fun you can out of it. I like having a party. We have Portillo's Italian beef sandwiches. We get some mastacholi, we make beer dip and, you know, um, have some desserts and snacks. We make my special man's gria, you know, there's, um, that's alcoholic drink, you know, for sipping on because to calm your nerves. I've got squares going. I got strip cards going. Nobody does strip cards anymore, which is hilarious. But that's old school Chicago for you, barroom type stuff. Where it's you know just easy thing to do. Pick a number. You could do it. Use playing cards. Have uh, ace through ten or whatever it is, and uh, and there you go. Use whatever number you get. It's just like the squares, how it works, and those are your numbers. But you combine the numbers for half and final. So if it's fourteen fourteen at halftime, the four plus four is eight. Eight's the winner, right? If it's uh, 13 to 10 at halftime, it's the three, three plus zero. So it's the same kind of philosophy, but uh, that's the strip card. And and then squares. For those wondering about squares, if you ever played that, I mean, the it's uh, to get zero, zero in a Super Bowl, that fucker wins. It's won nine out of the last 11 years. All right. it You have a 70% better chance to cash to win a square if you have zero zero than anything else all right now that's just fucking that's crazy to me that's just why i mean it's just mind-boggling the other ones that are the best seven and zero on both sides you have about a 60 percent better chance 58 percent better chance to win um Others that are good, seven and seven is actually pretty good. About a forty percent chance better to win. Technically thirty nine point four nine. Historically, better chance to win. You think three and three? It's not that much. Twenty six percent chance above. It's not that bad. That was uh, or a three and zero. Oh. That's actually a three zero oh is a good one. That's actually forty two percent better chance to win over average 3-0 is what I won my, uh, my big 10 K 10,000 in the uh, Joe Burrow, the Bengals Super Bowl a couple years ago. That was uh that was my big win on three zero in a square pool. So that was awesome. You don't want to get ones like five and five, five and nine. Those are all dog shit. Those are negatives, massive negatives. You lose most of the time chance to win all, Below zero. Negative return, I see, monetarily below zero. You know, so, I mean, 0.1% chance. There's, those never come in, although in today's day and age with, well, you, you look at the two-point conversions and, and everything, it's a better chance than we used to 10, 15, 20 years ago when you didn't run nearly as many two-point conversions and and all that. But I love having my square pools. Um, 
pass the cup. I talked about that on the XM show as well. Just, you know, put a dollar in every possession and pass around the room. You have 20 people, you, know, you pass every down, including punts and everything else. Whoever's holding the cup when there's a score wins. Now, we you could do it two different ways. The first way is pass the cup along, and then if it's a touchdown only, then you take all the proceeds from the cup. All right. The other way is if there's a field goal while you're holding it, then you take half. So a safety or a field goal gets you half, and then a touchdown, you take the whole thing, and you have to reset it. So, I mean, depending on how high of a scoring game that is, you get some pretty damn big pots in that one, right? And just pass it all the way along the line in the same symmetry. That The only problem with that one is people have to remember where they were in line and the order that they're in case they move around the room or they go outside to smoke or drink or whatever. And that's the only problem that gets in the way with that. But, you know, that's the shit I like. I, I like having big old parties for that. Um, the game's always vastly important to me i definitely am interested in which one of these teams will be champion in 2023 it's fascinating that you know the eagles i thought were runaways in the nfc for most of the year and then just completely fell apart uh in the beginning the chiefs i had cast off what, nine ten completely like no no fucking chance like no fucking chance the chiefs have and you know especially on the road in the playoffs no way and here they are. Yeah, I think that's fascinating to me. It's, it's 49ers weren't that at once the playoff grid came out. We knew, all right, they're probably going to get the NFC. The NFC was shit this year. It just really was. So like Packers, Cowboys, you know, people get mad at me because I have to tell it like it is, but those teams weren't nearly as good. You made the playoffs. Yeah. Eh. Doesn't mean anything. Oh, we're building something. Not really. Not really. There's a bunch of shitty teams that get in the playoffs year after year. And it just is it's what it is. It's how it goes. So 49ers were just best of that group. But the, the fascinating thing to me is why the 49ers are favored. I talked about this on the XM show too this week, and I'll dive a little bit deeper into this. I'm good. By the way, I am going to give out a couple prop bets and my single game parlay on this show. Now I've got all our entire team went through our vivid picks, Super Bowl bet book, which is available to you in the betting guide over at fantasyguru.com. And I have a hundred, we have, we all have a hundred and I think this 106 or 116. I can't fuck. I know it went on forever of every fucking bet in the world. And then on top of that, I've got my entire bet book, over there at fantasyguru.com as well. I'll, I'm just going to give you guys a small little snippet, a taste, if you will, uh, for some of that. So I'll do that later on in this episode as well. But why are the 40, like the 40 hours are favored. They opened up as one and a half. Now they're two and a half as, as I sit here going into Wednesday, middle of the week. I don't think that it's seven, over 71% of the money's coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yet Vegas and all the sports books are holding that 49ers line. No home field advantage here. There's no I mean there's a there's the um time zone. That's something. For those who don't know the uh 49ers, I Pappy's went ahead and investigated this for you that 49ers are 31 and 11 straight up in the Pacific time zone under Kyle Shanahan. Pretty good little stat there. They didn't have to travel as far, though fucking Kansas City to Vegas, that's not that far. Especially you get two weeks to prepare, all that. By the way, two weeks to prepare, Andy Reid. Andy Reid teams are 31-7, and seven, his Chiefs teams, against the spread, and 35-3 and three straight up when they get 13 plus days of rest. That's fucking crazy, right? Oh, that's playoffs, by the way, <laughs> in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, that's first rounds or no, no, I'm sorry. No, that's not playoffs. I'm sorry. That, my bad. That is not playoffs. That is just 13 plus days of rest. 
that does include week ones, though. So why is all the money coming in on the Chiefs yet they're not lowering the spread? It's a lot of question. Vegas is not. I'll tell you straight up. I like that. I'm not going to not take the Chiefs plus points. I made that decision a long time ago, literally three years ago. I got burned. I got burned. I got burned. And I said, I'm not doing this anymore. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I will be taking the point. I will be taking points when they give it. And that doesn't happen very often, but it's happened throughout the playoffs. I've taken them every time and won every time. And I strongly feel I want to do that again, but it is interesting why Las Vegas would create such an insane dynamic where they could be out so much money. Those fuckers don't lose. They don't want to lose. They're not going to put themselves in position to lose. And here's here's my ult. Here's so this is a tough one. This one, this Super Bowl is going to be very tough. Last year, I was certain of the over. I was just certain of it, you know. But I don't know how Las Vegas or any other any sports better can have any degree of confidence that a favorite like the 49ers will hold. I've talked about Kyle Shanahan. For those who didn't hear it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't talk about it on this show yet. Let me. Let me just give you a little history lesson in Kyle Shanahan big games. Let's go back not too long ago. It was 2017, February, Super Bowl 51. Remember that one? Tom Brady threw for a record in yards, the only Super Bowl ever to go to overtime. Atlanta Falcons. Know who their offense coordinator was? Kyle Shanahan. He had already agreed to the job in San Francisco. Hadn't been announced, but they agreed to that job before that game. Falcons were up 28 to three with three, two minutes left in the third quarter. Guys, two minutes left, seven in the third quarter, 17 minutes of the game. Gave up 31 straight points. Absolutely bonkers. Didn't score another point. Matt Ryan threw for 284 yards, two touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan ran the football with a 28 to three lead in the fucking Super Bowl. He ran the ball five total times in that second half after going up 28 to three. Five times. Remind you of anything? Or cut to this year. Well, I'll get to it. Let me let me go through it. Let me be proper here. A couple years later, 2016 NFC Championship game. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the same year. My bad. I should have started there. My bad. To go to the Super Bowl NFC Championship game. Falcons beat the Packers 44 to 21, but the Falcons were up 31 to nothing in that game. They let the Packers score 21 points straight. Once again, he never stopped throwing. Matt Ryan kept going through 38 times, 392, four touchdowns. But again, that NFC Championship game, if if Aaron Rodgers wasn't such a classic fucking choke artist, which he is, you wonder. But he let him come back. Then the Super Bowl debacle happens, behaves the same way, and loses the probably the biggest come is the biggest come from behind in sports history, let alone a Super Bowl. Then we go to Super Bowl 54. I was just talking about that one. 49ers are up 20 to 10. They're up 10 points with six minutes and 30 seconds left in the entire game. 49ers surrender number one defense in the league, mind you. Three touchdowns in four minutes. Lose by 11. Jimmy Garoppolo throwing. 219 touchdown, two interceptions, including one in the final six minutes of that game to set up another score by the New England Patriots. Why are the 49ers fucking throwing? Can anybody answer me these questions? Right? Why? It just doesn't make any sense. None at all. I, I just, you can't make this shit up. 
2019. Oh, see, I keep fucking it up. 2019 NFC Championship game. That was the championship game. They beat the Packers 37 to 20 in that one. 49ers were up 30 or 49ers were up 34 to 7, though, at the start of the fourth quarter. Allowed two touchdowns. Got a field goal. They actually scored in that one. All right, I'm fucking up my timeline, but you guys get it. Right? In that game, by the way, the NFC Championship game against the Packers, that time where they stomped him out, Jimmy Garoppolo was 6 of 8 for 77 yards. That's it. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Raheem Mostert ran the ball 29 times, 220 yards, and four touchdowns. Debo Samuel ran twice for 43 yards. But you're up 34 to 7, and you let that late comeback happen. 2021 NFC Championship game. They lost to the Rams. 49ers were up 17 to 7 after three quarters, start of the fourth quarter. Gave up 13 straight points to lose and miss out on going to that Super Bowl. Again, another time. Jimmy Garoppolo, 232, two touchdowns, one interception. Anybody want to guess when the interception happened? Yeah. Fucking fourth quarter. What are you doing? What are you doing? This is Kyle Shanahan for you. This is what it is. That's what the fuck he does. He blows big games. Last year, 2022 NFC Championship game against the Eagles. Brock Purdy was injured in the uh, first quarter. He only has one other quarterback on the entire team. Josh Johnson. He got injured in the third quarter. He had no idea. This guy was so out to lunch. He didn't have an emergency quarterback. Had nobody left on his roster. And he, he put the injured guy back in and actually had the guy with the torn UCL throw the football on one down. Gave up. Game was over. They lost 31-7. This is the guy Las Vegas backs? This is the guy you think is just going to run? I, I will tell you this. If you take the... Kansas City Chiefs in this game to win or plus the points or any combination thereof, you can sleep like a baby. Don't you dare. Don't be an asshole. Don't sit there and worry because they're down 14 nothing in the first quarter. Because the shit. Kyle Shanahan. Mark my words, if nothing else. Kyle Shanahan will fuck this game up. That's not even a question. It's just does he fuck it up bad enough to lose when they're up 28 to 3 or 17 or 37 to 7 or 31 to 14 or 24 to 7 49ers will get a lead in this game right which again you want to talk about betting the half and final pretty good bet right there isn't it bet the San Francisco 49ers First half, not a bad idea. <laughs> you know, the fir- first half spread, 49ers are minus one and a half. By the way, 49ers are minus one and a half in the first half, and that's plus 110 on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. The Chiefs are plus one and a half, but it's minus 30. Plus money and them being up a point and a half? I'll take that shit. That's a good bet for <laughs> 49ers first half, minus one and a half. Done. Done deal. First bet of Super Bowl 58. There you go. So that's what's fascinating me about this one in particular. Um, going back through the history, as I said, you know, some of my favorite moments in Super Bowl history. Uh, the first one I remember, and I'm curious, hit me up at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter or in the Man's Cave Discord room at FantasyGuru.com. I just want to know the first Super Bowl you actually remember. First one you remember watching or hearing about, like, just clicking in your mind. Mine was 1984, the 84 season with the Dolphins and the 49ers. Believe it or not, like in Chicago, I was a, I was a 49er fan early. 
couple of things about the 49ers. I've never really talked about this before. But so number one, Joe Montana was a Notre Dame fighting Irish. I was Southside Irish, grew up that whole way. My old man, my both sets of grandparents from Galway back in the old country in Ireland. And so we were like, my parents were first generation, both of them, my mom and dad. So like the fighting Irish are a big part. We're a big part, especially my old man. My mom didn't give a shit. My mom was a baseball fan, not really a football fan. My dad loved football, but we loved Joe Montana. And when he went to 49ers, 49ers weren't good. Later on, we learned to hate the 49ers. And some of it had to do with that 84 playoff when they took their defensive tackle and uh, had him block against the Bears. And the Bear- Mike Dicka took exception to that and all that shit. But we liked Joe Montana. The other thing, I don't even think people know this, is Eddie DeBartolo, the longtime owner of the San Francisco 49ers, him and his group were um, – they were their first sports team that they went to purchase was Chicago White Sox, which is my Southside team, right? That was the team that was rumored was going to be by the White Sox, but supposedly there was like mob involvement, um, blah blah blah. Major League Baseball had a big fucking to do about it, and ended up going to Jerry Reinsdorf and they, they bought the uh, 40 San Francisco 49ers instead, you know? And um, again, another guy, another, by the way, another uh, Notre Dame guy, but the Bartolos, Montana. So we were really, we, we rooted for Joe. We rooted for the 49ers back in those days in the early portion of the, of the 80s. But that one against Dan Marino, Dan Marino was the rookie sensation, just fucking shredding every freaking record known to man, you know? And so that it was very much a uh, a fun Super Bowl to watch. Fun. That's the first one I can remember. Then, of course, the next year was the apex for me in that um, 85 Chicago Bears undefeated. Well, went 15 and one, only lost to Marino and the Dolphins that year, stomped out. The Patriots and the Super Bowl just destroyed them. I remember, and I, I say this all the time just to piss off Patriots fans, but we don't, we had no idea. Nobody knew what a New England was. Like, it was described to me like, what are the New England Patriots? Oh, it's that whole Northeast area. They didn't, we didn't think it was Boston. I had no idea it was Boston. I knew the Boston Red Sox. I didn't know it was the same city. I didn't know anything about it. What's New England? That's a weird fucking name for a team. You know, like the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors, at least are the Golden State, California. Okay, New England? What the fuck is New England? It's the New England area. I mean, in the Midwest, you grew up in the 80s and 90s. We didn't know what the fuck that meant. I don't think people now know, quite frankly. But stomped out the Patriots, and it was like, they shouldn't have been there. We wanted the Dolphins anyway. So I remember that. I remember that. A couple other of my favorite Super Bowl memories is the uh, in 80. Let's see. You know what I'll do? I'll go through every one. Let me try to get. I remember 86 being pissed off. Uh, number one, the Bears lost in that year. The Giants, they kept saying the Giants defense was better than the Bears in 85. Or that was like a thing because they had Lawrence Taylor and all of that. So I was kind of pissed off about that. Um, so that was my biggest memory from that. I remember the, didn't Phil McConkey, like it went out Mark Bavaro's head and it landed Phil McConkey. I remember that one in that Super Bowl. So the next one, Super Bowl 22. I remember that second quarter, like Doug Williams, Timmy Smith. We Timmy Smith was a replacement player. So was Doug Williams kind of. And Doug Williams went fucking, they went absolutely nuclear, scored 35 points in one quarter. Ricky Sanders had two catches, 130 yards and two touchdowns in one quarter. Right? I remember Gary Clark. That was one of my first fantasy uh, players. I love Gary Clark. Everyone had to have Art Monk, but I always took Gary Clark back in those days. The next one, Super Bowl uh, 23. I remember... Um, 
a lot about that one, actually. I remember it was another Montana Super Bowl, but Boomer Siason, that was Icky Woods, the Icky fucking shuffle. Like, I remember it. And that was the first year I, like, turned down the 49ers because then the 49ers and Bears had, like, a rivalry kind of thing going, and they were the poster child of the NFL. So I was really rooting for the Bengals in that one. The Bengals were winning all the way throughout that one. also remember, who was that running back that went on, like, a Coke bender? right before that Super Bowl. Real sad situation for that one. Super Bowl 24, another 49ers win. Um, that one infuriated me because to this day, I believe it's the biggest win of all time. The Bears 46 to 10 victory over the Patriots was the biggest margin uh, victory up until that 55 to 10 absolute destruction of the Broncos. That by that time I was me and my nephew, my nephew Mike, shout out. We were big uh, Broncos fan. We liked John Elway, just a rocket arm, and he was insane. And that was the one where um, Jerry Rice just went absolutely fucking crazy. Three touchdowns, 140, 150 yards, whatever. Is that my biggest memory from that one? Uh, who could forget the following year Super Bowl twenty five? That's the wide right Buffalo Bills. You know, the Giants getting another Super Bowl, Belichick and Parcells. At that point, I really hated them. Be straight up with you. Like, I just fucking hated that fucking Giants team at that point. And, like, I remember the Bears had to play the Giants in that playoff. And Bears were a good team. Like, that was a good team, the uh, 1990 Chicago Bears. And they went to New York, and New York just fucking killed them just destroyed him. And so I, I was very anti giants at that point. You know, I, I, I uh, was not a fan, but the wide, right. Nobody can forget that. The other one, I mean, Washington, but that was um, Mark Rippon's big year beating up on the Buffalo bills. Still don't know how the bills lost four straight super bowls. Like, and it, it was wild to me that, Thurman Thomas went from like being the star of all stars, the previous Super Bowl, you know, and that one um, against the Giants where he had like 200 total yards and everything else. And then the Washington Redskins just stomped him out, had almost nothing. Then the following year is the Dallas Cowboys reign. At that point, like everybody was a, a Cowboy fan. It was hard not to be a Cowboy fan. They were just the toast of the world. They just were Aikman, Emmett, Irvin. Like, you know, I, I don't want to say I was rooting for him, but I know I was. I, I just remember Cowboys winning back-to-back years, the final year, just kicking the shit out of the Bills. Four straight years. Nobody could lose four straight years, could they? Yes. Yes, they fucking could. And yes, they fucking did. You know, that was the year Emmett Smith ran wild, 132 yards, two touchdowns against the Bills. Then it was the 94 49ers. They finally got over the Cowboys. And Stan Humphrey starts a Super Bowl for the San Diego Chargers. Junior Seau was in that one. It's the only good thing. It's one of the worst Super Bowl teams there was. But again, for Steve Young, six touchdowns, still Super Bowl record to this day. The following year it was in Arizona at uh, ASU Stadium, Tempe, Arizona. That's crazy that that hosts the Super Bowl. But uh, Barry Switzer gets his Super Bowl, the final one the Cowboys would win. Super Bowl 31, that's the Brett Favre taking off his helmet, you know, being all excited about uh, throwing a 58-yard touch on the Andre Badman Ryzen, the Desmond Howard game. The following year, by that time, now I hate the Packers, but I'm in on the Broncos. And John Elway finally helicopters his way into our hearts and souls in Super Bowl 32, Super Bowl 33. Broncos get another win, but we all, we all wanted to see the Broncos versus the Vikings. That's the game we wanted to see, and we didn't get it. We got the Dirty Birds, Atlanta Falcons, who just really weren't part of that. They were getting their ass kicked most of the way through. This game was 31-6 to late in the fourth quarter uh, before the Falcons got a kickoff return by Ted's guy, Ted Dwight from Iowa Hawkeye in that one. I can't believe I remember that. How the fuck do I remember these things? That is rash. swear all I have is a list of Super Bowls. I have nothing else in front of me, but a list of who won and who lost each Super Bowl. That's what I have. 
And uh, I I will bet dimes to donuts. I just I remember that Tim Dwight because Ted and I were friends by this point, and watching that he always loved him. The greatest show on turf was Super Bowl thirty four, one yard short for the Tennessee Titans and Jeff Fisher. Super Bowl thirty five, the Ravens defense that people think are as good as the Chicago Bears eighty five Bears. I don't see that, but they were very good. One of the best, if not the best, defense of all time. Kerry Collins, drunk old bastard starting a Super Bowl for the Giants and just went nowhere. The big one of the biggest upsets ever. Rams get back to Super Bowl and the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady didn't even have Bill or Drew Bledsoe, their quarterback, right? Bledsoe started that game by the Packers against the Patriots, mind you. The one where uh, Desmond Howard returned to kickoff. That was Drew Bledsoe, Bill Parcells. And, you know, it's wild to me that they get back. Bill Belichick's now the head coach and get that huge upset in that game. The old John Gruden Bowl, another one where the center for the Raiders went like to Tijuana. That game was in San Diego, and he like fled this, didn't play uh, in the Super Bowl because he fled another scary situation there. But Tampa-based defense, one of the all-time Dexter Jackson uh, going off, winning the MVP award. Even Dwight Smith had a pair of, interception return for touchdowns it's like which defender's going to get the mvp award just uh just crazy that was 48 points too against his former team the oakland raiders the bell check was back i one of my favorite super bowls is super bowl 38 patriots versus the carolina panthers i bet the carolina panthers won the super bowl my first real like futures bet i was at the casino 2003 and in before, like in August or September, Ted was there, our buddy Rich, we were all there hanging out. And I, I put a $75 or $50 bet on the um, Panthers to win. It's 75 to one. And man, they were good all season. Jake DeLome, like this is when I realized I got to be doing this. Honest to God, this is, I was covering baseball at this time, but I'm like, I, I I know a thing or two about football just because the had come over from the saints. I knew K- Carolina Panthers had a good offensive line. You know, all the things that I preach and teach to everybody. Now I talk about, but I just know I'm like, this team's pretty fucking good, you know? And I believe they were a five win team the year before, if memory serves um, and, and whatnot, John Fox had come over and this was a team that I knew were building and they finally had a quarterback and Jake DeLome, who I, I believed in. Steven Davis, a guy that I was uh, uh, very high on too back in the old days of uh, then with the Washington Redskins. He was a North, North Turner guy, North Turner running backs, you know? And um, anyway, so I was heavy on the Panthers, had bet it, and I hedged on this one. Now, I would have won, I think, what, three, four grand had the Panthers had won this. And I sweated out like it was a million dollars. But I did make a bet on the Patriots to win straight up on the money line in this one. And I think I went I, 250 to double my money. So I won 500 bucks. It was a bummer when Vinatieri kicked that field goal, but it's so fucking exciting. Super Bowl 39. Again, Patriots beat the Eagles. There's Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb choked. That's Terrell Owens playing on a broken leg. Super Bowl 40. I can't believe this one. Like, Matt Hasselbeck got the C and Mike Holmgren got to a Super Bowl. Just crazy, right? Ben Roethlisberger, I think he was a rookie this season, if I'm not mistaken. But another one, Fast Willie Parker, FWP, baby. We loved him in fantasy, too. Um, 75-yard touchdown run in that game. And I don't remember much else. The that following year was the Colts and the Bears. Uh, this was one I predicted a perfect bracket in the playoffs. I actually predicted the Bears and Colts to make it. Uh, and that one, my theory behind it was the Colts didn't have a, they weren't going to rest their players because they had to play in the wild card week. And sure as balls, that's exactly what happened. Devin Hester kickoff return with the greatest memories I ever had. The Patriots going for perfection the following year, one of the greatest offenses of all time. The helmet catch, David Tyree, holy shit. Steelers the following year, Larry Fitzgerald, Kurt Warner. They were a nine-win team, but that catch by Santonio Holmes in the closing moments got him the MVP award. Amazing. The Saints, everyone had – I grew up in a Saints 
when the Saints were the dog shit armpit of the NFL. I was rooting for Peyton Man this one, but I was not mad that Breeze and the Saints finally got a Super Bowl win. And that onside kick was the biggest memory. Super Bowl 45. Um, oh, that was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers getting the victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Another one where like Green Bay had a good lead in this one, and Steelers just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. Never really went away. But this was Aaron Rodgers' peak moment. You know, he he I I won the MVP, don't know how many touchdowns. He did really well in this game. I remember this was an Aaron Rodgers signature win. Came out of this one just rolling and, you know, ended up uh, getting his only Super Bowl championship. I still contend if Caleb Haney, if uh, Jake Cutler stays healthy, it would have been Bears and Steelers. And Steelers probably would have won, but <laughs> nevertheless. Um, that was Super Bowl thirty. Which one was that? That was Super Bowl. Um, I'm absolutely mixed. Oh, Super Bowl 45, 46 was a Patriots and Giants rematch. I don't like the rematches, which is like this year. It's just a bummer to me as well. Glad that Eli beat him for the second time, beat Tom Brady. But this is just this, this one. That Was it Marty? That sideline catch. Who was that? Mario Manningham. Right. Oh, I know this one. This is the one. I have a um, was it Manning? I have a Steve Smith signed football. I think he was on that Giants team, if I'm not mistaken. And I have a, an actual. It's where I do my live streams at FantasyGuru.com. I've got a football signed by Steve Smith, old wide receiver. Uh, a football. I think it's a. I think it's a New York Giants championship football from that 2011 season when they beat the Patriots. Ravens and 49ers, the Harbaugh Bowl, Colin Kaepernick leading a, a frantic comeback for the 49ers after Electric went out. And this is the first Super Bowl I ever went to. I actually attended this game. I left before. The, I never tell the story. I started telling it recently because I feel like I'm not as embarrassed. But I left this game. I left this game, went back to the hotel and watched the end of it. Yeah, I, I was, the lights went out. I thought, holy shit. Like this was a while. It was the first one I ever covered uh Sirius XM, as a matter of fact. And um sat there in the press box for almost two full quarters, got to jump on everybody and left before half the and that game was a blowout. Like it was like get it was a fucking over with, I thought. And then a frantic comeback. I'm like, oh. And I, I want to say I pretended like I oh yeah, stayed for the whole game. Uh, no, I did not. And following year, Broncos, I was never more sure of myself. There was second biggest favorite in Super Bowl history, that Super Bowl 48 Denver team, and got fucking thrashed 43 to 8. First snap of the game over Peyton Manning's head for a safety. I'll never forget it. Following year, the pick six, or it wasn't pick six, the Malcolm Butler interception. Seahawks should have been back-to-back Super Bowls. And you know the thing about that Super Bowl 49 is, oh, we'll be back. We'll be back. No, you never went back. You never go back. Stop saying that shit. Super Bowl 50, I was there in San Francisco watching Peyton Manning, Cam Newton. I love that Super Bowl. One of my favorites. I, I just, I really wanted both teams to win. I was really happy for both teams. Then Super Bowl 51, that's that uh, Kyle Shannon, 28 to 3, goes to overtime. Patriots get the win. Following year, Philly special, Nick Foles. Oh, Super Bowl 53 was hilarious. That one was in Atlanta and nothing. That was one of the most boring Super Bowls I've ever seen. And I'll never forget seeing that asshole, pompous ass Sean McVay in a steakhouse. I want to, I think it was STK, if I'm not mistaken, the name of the steakhouse in Atlanta. And he rolls in the night before the Super Bowl. I'm like, isn't this fucking guy got something to do? His offense, vaunted offense, puts up three points. Chiefs 49ers, I already talked about that one. That Tyreek Hill play on third and 20 still mesmerizes me in Super Bowl 53 to this day, or Super Bowl 54. Super Bowl 55, the COVID year, a home game for the Buccaneers. That's the other side of the Kansas City bet. We can't dismiss the fact that they didn't score a touchdown against Tampa in Super Bowl 55. Like, they did not show up. Super Bowl 56, the Cooper Cup quarter, would just a receiver that was not to be denied. 
and uh, thought the Bengals were going to take that one. And then last year, I look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the third most fantasy points ever in a Super Bowl last year and should have had it. The pass interference call at the end, boy, always a uh, wild scene. With You have to play the refs and you have to play the Chiefs. That's That's another reason to not bet against the Chiefs. You know you have to beat you. You can't just kind of casually beat them. You have to stomp them the fuck out. So there you go, Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl history memories from every single game. How about that? I didn't even plan that shit. Um, let me go through my betting ledger for you guys. Here's the way I'm going to bet it. Again, uh, folks over at FantasyGuru.com, you'll have the official bets and everything else. Uh, f- right now, as I sit here, middle of the week. Chiefs plus seven and a half under 52 and a half for the game. I do think the game goes under. I think we had, there's one thing with the over unders. And I talked about in the XM show this week is they're constantly back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, right? It it's never gone over by more than three games in history. Never gone under by more than three games. And the fact that we've had 56 Super Bowls, 28 overs, 28 unders, Again, it doesn't matter, but last year was an over mon- monster points. It's been a couple of years since we, I think this one's a slower game, lesser points. So I'm inflating it to 52 and going under. You want some fun bets for this one? Here's, here's one that makes me nervous, but I think I'm going to do it anyway. Will there be a two-point conversion attempt? Just an attempt. Doesn't have to be successful. Yes is plus 160. Now, I immediately wrote that one down. I'm like, yes, I'm going to hit this one and hit it fucking hard. Then, obviously, I had to investigate. Like, why did they give us such good odds? Because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Normally, it's about a plus 120. Well, the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers, have not attempted a two-point conversion this entire season. How about that shit? That's some shit. That's stunning to me. Outright, absolutely, positively stunning that that has not happened. I just like, really? Yeah. Not attempted a two-point conversion. And the Kansas City Chiefs have attempted two. Mind fucking blown. I will say that. So in that spirit, it's like, all right, they don't go for two a lot. They're not fucking Dan Campbell. And I get that. However, it's almost an anomaly to the point that I, I think it it's silly. Like there's no way you could constantly actually the chiefs only did one. The chiefs only did one this year, only attempted one and didn't get it crazy. Um, that's their due is what I'm saying. You know, in a, a tight game like this where there's no tomorrow, it's all going to, it's all on the table. So I like that one. Another interesting prop bet that I like here. Here's one um, number of players to attempt a rush, a rush attempt. Now this number is normally six and a half. Obviously when you play 49ers, you get, well, Debo has to be in there. So I expected like seven and a half. This one's at eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. And I, I, I've totaled this up because Kansas city's always weird on the goal lines as well, right? Kansas city always, they'll, they'll do a jet sweep and they'll do some gimmicky play, but a lot of their gimmicky plays are like shuttle shuffle passes. Okay. So let's count it out. Who's going to get a rush attempt. McCaffrey duh. Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Brock Purdy, of course. Debo Samuel. Yes. Now that's four that I'll say. Absolutely from the uh, 49ers side. For the Chiefs, on the Chiefs side, what do we know? Well, Isaiah Pacheco, duh. Patrick Mahomes, of course. All right. Then who? Edwards Alaire, P. Ryan, McKinnon's going to be active for this game, supposedly. Hmm. I'll say, I'll Throw a shot that Edwards Alaire. McKinnon's come back from injury. I don't think he plays a ton. If he does, he'll be in a pass catching role. I'll say fine on Edwards Alaire. 
So then what? Are they going to do a, a, a... So then it comes down to, you need, that's only seven. You need Kyle Juszczyk, who some folks will say, all right, well, Juszczyk has been a you know, big rush attempt guy uh, or was last week, and he doesn't get squat. He does not attempt a lot of runs whatsoever. I think for the entire season, he had five or six. All right. And but people will see at two receptions and that rush attempt last week, but he had gone 10 straight weeks before that without a single rush attempt. He's had rush attempts in three regular season games and one playoff game thus far. I don't think he's getting a rush attempt. They threw to him in last Super Bowl. They may throw to him here. He's not getting a rush attempt. You're not going to give him a rush attempt when you have McCaffrey. See, that's the thing. It takes all the McCaffrey. I don't think they're, I don't think they get there. I'll give Kansas City a random jet sweep. And that's, I'm going under that eight and a half. Under on that eight and a half. And that's a, that's an even money bet right now. Under eight and a half on the rush attempts. If you want free money, I don't even know if this will make it to my bet pack. It's just easy. Opening kickoff touchback, of course. If some, like, I don't think my, I bet primarily on FanDuel. That's not even, they're not even offering that. And nor should they. Nobody's, nobody's doing that. That's easy. It's, by the way, it's Las Vegas. If you want to bet field goals, bet longer field goals. Why? The elevation's higher in Vegas. Teams know this. So Moody and Butker, their range, it's a dome. It's higher elevation. The ball travels better. Okay? So all that's important if you're betting on field goals and then touchbacks and all that. So I like that. If you want, I'll give you one of my player props. Ah, How about this? How about Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions? That doesn't take very much. It's kind of a duh one but here's the reason being i wouldn't doubt and i wouldn't put it past the chiefs if they made a serious push to get travis kelsey the most receptions in super bowl um kelsey is seventh all time right now with 22 he's gonna pass Deion branch and julian edelman who have 24 he'll pass welker likely no matter what who has 26 so he'll get at least Four to five there. Then he's got Andre Reed, which is another five. And then Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski has seven more receptions, career receptions in the Super Bowl than Kelsey. Well, I'd not get him the number one spot, right? You got Taylor Swift in the audience. You got who knows how many of these they've got. He's the biggest part of their passing offense. To me, over six and a half is pretty damn easy. Jerry Rice is 33, so it would take 11 receptions to tie Rice. I don't know if they get there. I don't know if they really even go for that, but at 29, I think that's the target. I think they get it. So there you go. That Those are my favorite Super Bowl bets for Super Bowl 58. We're at the hour mark, man. I've got a lot more to talk about, but uh, I'm not going to keep you guys that much longer. I'm sure you're very busy this week. Hopefully you enjoyed my journey through Super Bowl history. My biggest memories from that as well. The breakdown of the quarterbacks, the betting history and all of that. So uh, there's plenty more where this came from. Again, get over to fantasyguru.com and get that uh, Super Bowl betting guide. It's $19.99 for crying out loud. If you can't afford that, what the hell are you doing in this world? You know, what? what's everybody doing? You, you can afford it. It's not going to break your bank, and you get the entire offseason. If you're a real football fan, you do it. You join us. Join the Elite Mafia. You know you want it. And if you want my NBA bets, I just cashed my first NBA bet of the night here tonight as well. Uh, get over there. Get that MVP package or get the fucking – Get 40% off our VIP Platinum. B is in boy, M is in Mary, 4-0. BM40. That's the promo code. Or just give us a shout. Support at fantasyguru.com. Tell Ted Schuster, hey, what can you do? What's the best price you can get me on this VIP Platinum? So that way I don't have to fucking worry about, do I have it? Do I not have it? You know, and, and all of that good stuff, right? 
So that's important. Get over there. Check it out. You'll enjoy it. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everybody. I will have a lot of reaction to Super Bowl 58 offseason. What should the Bears do? Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, free agency, NFL draft. I've got a shit ton of content coming your way on this podcast. So uh, thank you once again for your entire support. Remember to like, favorite, share, subscribe to the show. It helps so much in all the analytics and putting it in front of the most people possible. We try to keep do our best to keep this show ad free as well. We'll throw in ads only when necessary. So, uh, you know, and that's to make a better listening experience. Hopefully you enjoyed it. You may disagree with some or every damn thing that you heard on today's show. And it's perfectly all right, folks. Why? You know why. It's just one man's opinion. Thanks to my producer, Sean Engel, for hitting this one up. Thank you for all of you who listen. We'll see you next time, and enjoy the Super Bowl. Deuces!